Jesus makes his goal very clear today, makes it crystal clear, and it's to reconcile us to the Father. Right? It's that connection that he's going to the Father's house to prepare a place for you and for me. And when we have our hearts set on that fact, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. We can be at peace. That's the, the key to peace, according to Jesus' formula. So if you ask the question theologically right now, you can ask the question, what's Jesus doing in heaven right now? And the book of Hebrews answers that in chapter 8, verse 1. It's the central verse of the entire letter to the Hebrews. And it says, Therefore we have such a high priest sitting at the right hand of the throne of God the Father, continually offering himself as a sacrifice on our behalf. So right now what's Jesus doing? He's offering himself as a sacrifice to the Father, To reconcile us to the Father, period. The whole point is to point us to the Father. The whole point. And I think, I mean, I'm going to just presume based on, you know, my expertise, my experience as a priest, probably the least um, frequently prayed to person of the Trinity is the Father. I I would probably say that. You, You probably observe that on your own as well with other people. Usually people don't address the Father. Or if they do their demeanor gets a little more formal, you know? Uh, And I'm willing to wager that's because of the images we have of fatherhood today, right? Um, You know, Chaldean men, the strong, silent type, right? Don't say much when we do. We mean business, right? We like take after Saddam culture, right? Nevertheless, I think uh, I want to do two things with this homily. One, talk about how and why we can't see the Father well today, and how it's such an intentional tactic of the devil. And two, how we should be good fathers. I know it's not Father's Day, but the, the gospel is talking about the Father, and it's a perfect correlation here. First, I'll say the good part. How can you be good fathers? You know how you can be a good father one day? Maybe you'll be a good father as a priest or as a father of children one day. You know how? So boys and men and dads in the church, the most perfect father of all the parables Jesus gives is the parable of the prodigal son, where you see the father who's so merciful with the one son, who says, everything I have is yours, who's invested in the well-being of his boy. And then even the other son, the older one who is jealous, he even meets him where he's at. He's very forgiving and merciful. That's why I like to call that parable the parable of the merciful father. Not the parable of the prodigal son, the parable. I think that's, that's the, the par excellence image of the most perfect father that we can embody, a father of mercy. Because as, as people who are of the stronger sex, or stronger biologically, a little bit tough constitution, even though women give birth, they're kind of strong in their own element. But the strong are always kind. I believe uh, one bodybuilder said that. I'm not going to misquote. So the strong are the, always the kind ones. That's, that's what we have to be. But um, you're living under a rock if you don't see through generations, not this generation, through generations, the pointed attack to dismantle the idea of fatherhood and masculinity. You're living under a rock if you don't see that intentional attack that's taking place. 
And it's so important because there is a correlative correlation, there's a correlative element between having a strong fatherly presence at home and what is going to happen, how the children are going to turn out. So, I want to share with you some statistics that I looked up in preparation for this homily. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention in Michigan, in Michigan, the total percent of babies born to unmarried mothers is 40.3%. The lowest percent in all the states is Idaho. That's at 27.2%. That means one in every four children and the lowest percent of the entire United States is born without a father present, single mothers. The most, uh, the highest percent out of curiosity, I just figured like if I was in the pews, I was like, what is the highest percent, father? The highest percent was Mississippi, a whopping 54.8% of all children born in the state of Mississippi have no father. Most children are born to single moms. And you see, you know, this um, connection between the poor fatherhood and the turnout of society. It's very intentional. I'm telling you this attack from the devil. Because he hates the image of the father. He hates the image of the father so much. That's the whole point of Jesus' saving work. He hates it, so he tries to dismantle any image of the father on earth. Whether it's an attack on the priesthood or the religious, or it's an attack on Babawatha, you guys. So, let's look at the cases where the fathers are absent. 85% of all children with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youths in prisons come from fatherless homes. 70% of those serving long prison sentences were fatherless. Fatherless children average significantly higher in teen suicide, illegitimate birth rates, incarceration, and unemployment. In particular, fatherless children average significantly higher in legitimate birth, illegitimate birth rates. Again, incarceration rates, unemployment rates, and fatherless young men are more likely to commit serious crime, including rape and murder. If you didn't get the idea, uh, there's an intentional attack coming on here, and I see it even in a biological sense. The older men can see it more. The younger guys can't see it. Um, The men of the newer generation are really soft. They're becoming very soft. They're losing the sense of masculinity and toughness. There, there's a great increase of effemininity. You notice that in the, in the boys and in the men? And what I mean by effeminacy is not that you talk a certain way, but it's, effeminacy means you're a desire, you're a seeker of pleasure. You can't deny yourself. You just seek pleasure. You're plugged in all the time. Whether it's something electronically, you're always wired. St. Paul says to the the husbands, right? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The essence of true manhood is not how tough and strong you are to throw a football or to lift a weight. It's in self-sacrifice. You you, you mirror Jesus. If you want to know what a true man is, a true man is one who can deny himself and self-sacrifice. It's 
why I tell a lot of the girls in relationships, if the guy can't control himself, he's not a man. You're dating a boy. You understand what I'm saying? So today, the, the overall goal here, St. Philip the Apostle tells Jesus, show us the Father and we shall be satisfied. That's where we have our true satisfaction. It's in the Father. When Jesus reconciles us to Him, all of our problems are at peace. St. Paul says it, we glorify God the Father, and I'll end it on this verse. He, he said it today in the letter. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has bestowed on us in Christ every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Amen.